podcaster, marketing director, a transformational happiness mentor. She enjoys connecting and communicating to make a difference in the world, whether through her daily podcast, training sessions at work, one-on-one mentoring, or in casual conversations with others. Regardless of the medium, she loves sharing techniques and exercises to inspire positive change, increase confidence, encourage vulnerable leadership, and remind others that they are capable of having happiness abound in their lives. Welcome, Taylor, to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I am so excited. So just happiness abounds to me. Just reading that just makes me happy. Like it makes me want to <laughs> smile big time. So I'm so glad to hear it. <laughs> so this is great. I have uh, so many questions for you because this is such an interesting topic to me. And I feel like more people need to be happy in their lives. And you'd be surprised how many people are not that happy. I mean, when you walk in, I can see that you kind of exude that happiness. So if you don't mind telling my listeners, how did happiness abound come to be? Yeah, so it started several years ago on my own personal happiness journey, so I'll start there. But I was, quite frankly, not happy. And I was so unhappy that there was a kind of a twofold approach happening in my life where I would just go into instant like rage anger. And that's that's my template on things where I if something didn't go my way or I thought it was unfair or I was just even mildly inconvenienced, I would get angry. And so I was always angry all the time. And then when I wasn't angry, I was so sad and I felt like I was broken and there was something wrong with me and that would make me angry (laughs) and I'd go back to that side of things. And so I started searching in this like desperate attempt, I started searching happiness online. So I would search it on Google searches or in podcast platforms. And I would just type in happiness. And I would hope that something would come up that would tell me how to be happy and how to change my life. Because I was stuck in this pattern of this anger and sadness, anger and sadness. All I wanted to do was be happy because it seemed like everyone else was happy. What was wrong with me? And I felt so broken. I'm like, there was something wrong and I should be inherently happy. And when I had those thoughts, I, of course, was even more unhappy. So it was a very rough time and very angry time and very sad time. And I continued to search for happiness and articles and things would come up and be like, try this or do this. And I just wasn't even in the space to to do those things. I just wanted like the magic bullet fix. And I started to realize that there wasn't one and that if I wanted to change my life, I needed to start kind of putting in the work and really change the mindset from I should be inherently happy to maybe I should work at being happy. So I started just focusing on my own happiness and really working towards things that would very slowly help me. And during this time of this anger and depression, I would listen to like podcasts and read articles and watch YouTube videos. And I would hear conversations from people that were being interviewed. And and this is how bad of a spot I was in is I didn't necessarily find them motivating or inspiring. I found them more crippling because it was like that person made it through something so hard. And I haven't had anything like that in my life, but here I am still unhappy. 
I'm so broken. There's something wrong with me. And so as I started on my happiness, my own happiness journey, I realized that there was kind of this gap area, especially for me and maybe people like me, where you can be motivated and inspired, but sometimes you need the work and you don't know what steps to take. So as I progressed in my own happiness journey, I started to blog and kind of write about the process. And I stopped and started and stopped and started because I had a perfectionist mindset then too, and which is never good. And I finally decided like, I want to, I think I want to do a podcast and lots of stops and starts there. And I realized that I should probably do it on a daily basis because then not every hit has to be a home run and I can be consistent at it. But also it would force me to look at my life in real time and share that in a way so it wasn't like I'm at the end of the tunnel and you're stuck back there. Hope this is inspiring. It was more like, hey, we're in this together. I'm trying these things. These things may help you. Here's this tip. Here's this exercise. Here's something to ask yourself. Here's a thought process, whatever that needed to be to that was helping me. And then maybe it would help others. And through that process, Leading up to the podcast, I definitely got happier by putting in the work, but I will say starting the podcast and talking about it every single day, my happiness just skyrocketed because suddenly it was something I was focusing on every day. It wasn't something that I was like, I should be happy and then go focus on stressful at work and focus on relationships at home and relationships with family and all these other things that happen in our lives. I wasn't focusing on happiness, but I expected it to be there inherently. And when it wasn't, I felt broken, but I changed that thought process by being able to work on it every day. So that's kind of how happiness abound came to be in. It started with my own, my own very, very rough mental and emotional state and me really wanting to share a few years after I'd kind of done the work. I didn't just dive right into sharing with other people. But uh, after doing that for a while, I decided, you know what? This is something that I think can help other people. And if anyone is like me where they were typing in happiness and feeling broken, I want to give them the tools to work through that. And I want to share that I'm doing this too. It's not just someone preaching at someone else. It's, hey, I'm trying this and it worked. Or it didn't work in this situation. So. Wow. Okay. That is so cool. I love that you didn't just wake up one day and was like, I'm happy. Um, I figured it out. Oh, heavens no. You know, (laughs) it it was the process. It took you a little bit to get to that point. And I love that you have been, you're honest and real about it. And I did listen to some of your episodes and I love that you're taking us through that journey still. And it's, it's really cool. It's a really cool accomplishment. And uh, you know, here's the thing, like I, for me to podcast at least once a week, it is, it's commitment. It's hard. And for you to do it every single day for a full year. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Well, that's thank a, you. And lot run out of topics, right? Because I feel like every episode is different. Yeah. yeah. That was one of the biggest hindrances in me starting my podcast is I thought, I, I felt like I was going to run out of topics and it wasn't until I realized, well, if I'm sharing my life and I'm sharing authentically Mm -hmm. and I'm saying I'm struggling with this, or I was talking to a friend and they were talking about how they felt like they were falling behind. And I just wanted to share that like, you're not falling behind. And if my friend's feeling this way and talking to me about it, maybe you're feeling this way. And here's some things that have helped me 
to stay in my lane, <laughs> right? Uh, and so sharing that in real time. And yeah, I thought I was going to run out of content, but truth be told, happiness has so many facets. And I'm just very honored and blessed to be able to keep on uncovering and exploring more. That's awesome. Such a great platform to to have it out there. I feel like your episodes are short enough where every day when you wake up, you can go and listen to what you have to say. And I, I feel like it just like gets you in that mood. So you're ready. You're ready to conquer the world. So it's really good. Oh, thank you. It's awesome. So do you plan on keep doing it every day? Oh, absolutely. The one year? Awesome. Yeah. So okay. I did... Uh, I'm on episode, as of recording this, episode 382. Oh, my gosh. That's and crazy. so it's every weekday, so I don't okay. do weekends. Gotcha. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I have content kind of planned out this year. I started doing – I did it for about a year and three months, and at the beginning of this year, I decided that I would try theme weeks. Mm -hmm. And okay. so I've been doing five-episode theme weeks and I have those planned out throughout the full year. So I'm oh at least gosh. going till uh, January, 2020. That's amazing. <laughs> wow. I need to take some of your tips. That's a really cool idea. Wow. So through your process, you then went on to become a happiness coach. So yeah. can you explain that to me? So how did that come to be? Because now you're helping others, not only through your podcast, but you are certified. So can you kind of let us know a little bit more about that? Absolutely. So it's actually been one of the things that I'd wanted wanted to do since I started my happiness journey. And I just never felt confident enough and never felt like I had enough to offer. I think I think we've all been there in uh, some way, sure. shape, or form. <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, I'm not good enough and just all of these things. And when I started the podcast and I was like, okay, I'm going to do this consistently. And I realized that after the first few messages that came in that were like, thank you so much. Like you're really helping me. And I tried this and it made such a difference. And it was like, actually, you know, maybe I can help people. And so a opportunity for a three month long course came up and to, to certify me as a mentor. And I had to, it wasn't just like, Hey, here's your sticker. You're a mentor. Uh -huh. It was like, homework, an entire workbook. I had to mentor 10 individuals in an entire program for those 10 people. And so I got a lot of like on the ground practice and it was amazing to be certified. And I grew so much in the process. And like I said, it was something I'd wanted to do. And I finally had through, and this is one of the things I talk about through doing, taking action. That's when I finally felt capable is because if I hadn't taken the action of doing the podcast and talking about happiness every day, I never would have felt good enough or capable or qualified to become a certified mentor. And so that's like if I could offer one one tip within this story, it would be whatever it is that you want to do, whether it's start a podcast, be a mentor, uh, run your own business, run a marathon, whatever that is, if you wait until you feel like you're motivated or you wait until you feel like you're going to be good enough or you wait until debt is paid off or you wait until, you know, the kids are in school or whatever that is for the individual, if you wait until you feel like you're ready or you wait until you feel like you're going to be capable or qualified, you'll never have that confidence because the confidence comes from putting in the daily action. Wow. 
And so, yeah, I got to be, I, and I am a certified happiness mentor and I'm so excited about it. And I love that I get to not only help people every day in the podcast, but then also help them transform their lives through classes and through one-on-one conversations and programs. And it's just, it's the, it's the joy and the light of my life. And I just, I just feel so, and I'm like tearing up. Can I talk about it? I feel so honored to have that role in people's lives and knowing where I came from and feeling like, like who, who am I to have that and to, to do that. And looking back as I told you where I came from and then being able to talk about helping others now, I mean, it's a huge, huge jump in transformation and I'm just, I'm so excited and so honored and delighted and really honored and delighted to be here talking to you about it. You're amazing. And here's the thing, guys. When Taylor's telling me this, you can tell, you can see her facial expressions. You can tell how passionate she is about this and how much work you put into this. And you're not taking it lightly. This is an important thing for you. And it's important to spread your message out there. And I love that about you. I love that. You're so you're making me teary. <laughs> oh my gosh, we're, we have tissues in this. This is a happiness. This is the happiness episode, and we're both crying. It's I fantastic. <laughs> we have tissues for that same exact reason. So, okay, so I feel like this is almost a coaching section right here. If I was having a, like a, a, a sadness moment, but um, can you walk us through what would be a, a coaching section with you? So, if a person were interested in working with you. Maybe what, what should they be expecting to gain from you? Absolutely. So the very first thing is deciding on a goal. Okay. Right? What are we working on? And it's so often that when you can focus on one thing that you consider a pain point in your life, as you do the work to transform that, all the other areas get that ripple effect and start to transform and change into more positive directions. So first thing is coming with an idea or a goal of what, what you want to change, right? Or what it is that you feel like is a roadblock or a just even I have, I have some individuals that are like, this is bothering me. I'm like, great, let's see what we can do to shift it. And sometimes it's as simple as I had someone actually this isn't a one-on-one mentoring thing, but I had someone reach out on the podcast and they asked me a question and they were like, I, I am an, an ambivert or sorry, an extrovert and I'm an ambivert. (laughs) So I just said, I'm, and I'm used to saying the rest. Um, but she's like, I'm an extrovert. So I get my energy from being around people, but I live alone. And when I go, I think that I'm going to go out I just like, well, what if I don't talk to anybody? It's going to be a waste of time. I might as well just stay home. And then she doesn't go out and she doesn't like re-energize. And so she feels worse and those thoughts continue. And on a very baseline level, I was like, well, what if you change the mindset of when you go out, you don't necessarily have to talk to people, but you can get energized by being around people. So if you're in a restaurant there's no pressure to talk to anybody. There's no pressure to get anything out of it, but you're there being able to people watch and you get re-energized and you love the experience. And if you do talk to someone, added bonus, but that pressure isn't there. Mm-hmm. And then that can help you start to be like, well, there's no pressure. I can go out and just have a, a good time and re-energize. So there's a lot of adjustments to the unwritten rules we have about things. 
uh, for me, one of the unwritten rules I, I had for a long time was that I had a journal at night. And I would be like before bed, like I have to journal about my whole day and I'd be tired. So I wouldn't do it. And then I wouldn't journal. And I missed out on all the amazing benefits of that because I had this one unwritten rule that I thought this is how it had to be. And as soon as I was able to be like, well, what if I tried it at a different time in the day? Then everything fell into place. So it's a lot of like, hey, permission. It's okay if we think about it this way instead or identifying those unwritten rules that we don't even know we have to help us achieve our goals. So coming with a goal and a plan, um, and then there's a lot of homework. I'll be honest. There's a lot of homework. I love homework. That's <laughs> awesome. Okay. A lot of identifying who it is that you want to be and doing a lot of exercises to help you get there, to release your emotions that are holding you back, to unlock memories that may be keeping you down, and really opening up that pathway for you being able to reach those next steps to achieve your goals and to ultimately remember and to quote my own podcast, but to remember you are capable of happiness about. Oh my gosh. Okay. That's wonderful. That's really cool. I I, th- I can't remember what episode it was, but there was one episode that you talked about the actionable steps. Can you explain to us what that means for your program? Sure. So with the podcast, Actionable steps is everything, right? Because walking away and being inspired and motivated is fantastic. There's nothing wrong with that. But because I knew from my own journey that, and I know from my own journey, that the work has to happen, I try to provide some actionable step with every episode that I do. So whether it's like, hey, this is your challenge, See how much time you spend buffering, which is like, are you overeating? Are you binge watching TV? Are you excessively playing video games? Are you over drinking? Whatever it may be. Are you doing that in in excess so you don't have to feel your emotions or have to think about the day, right? So just have a thought about how you may be buffering, right? That's an actionable item. Or it's like, here's a takeaway Try journaling about your feelings surrounding social media, right? It's fantastic. You love it. Great. As you start to write out, that may stay the same story. That story may shift slightly, but you start to uncover things that you may have never realized that you have these beliefs before, and that's an action item. So every episode, I try to have action items. So I can't speak specifically to what episode you may be talking about. I can't remember (laughs) But there's always an action item for sure because, again, it's amazing to be motivated and inspired, but action is what can change your life. That's great. Okay. So now I need to go back from the beginning of your episodes and just kind (laughs) of listen one by one because if there's a different actionable item on there, I think that's really cool. I think that not only you inspire us for a short amount of time, but you leave us with homework, things that we need to work on for the day. And I think that's awesome. Thanks. That's really cool. I'm I'm excited to be able to offer it. Yeah, that's great. And uh, okay, so here's the thing, though. If what if you know someone that maybe it's just struggling with depression, or if they're just going through something, and I mean, we can only help for so much, right? But what can we do? Because I know that a lot of the time they need to help themselves. But mm-hmm. what can we do as a friend or as a family member to help them? get out of that funk? I think the best thing I could say with that is twofold. 
One is love them where they're at. Okay. Because one of the hardest things, and like you see this in relationships, right? Okay. I'll use this as an example. So let's say there's a, a, a your spouse, and this happens a lot. It's we call it the crab effect. Where like one spouse is like, I'm, I'm going to use losing weight. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to get in shape. And it's like, okay, great. Good for you. Go do that. <laughs> and so they go on that path. And then as the one kind of staying where you're at, like you're comfortable there, you're happy there, but you start to see that other person doing stuff and it can cause a little bit of resentment. But I think that resentment only stays when the person who's now trying to get in shape is like you should lo- you would love this you should come work out with me you should come do this we should be eating more healthy we should we should we should uh-huh. and there's a lot of like should carry shame gotcha. and so then it's like well you're kind of like you're on this path but you're kind of shaming me into it a little bit and I don't want to do that and so then the, the remaining person is kind of like well no I'm not going to do that and so then they start to make habits and routines that kind of pull the other person back down and then what happens is they're like, well, I want to change my life and get good. And the other person's down level now and they go up. Right. Uh-huh. So the first thing is, is like, don't ever look back and be like, you should be doing this too. Uh-huh. Whether it's your spouse or, and it's losing weight or it's, you have a friend or a sibling that's in a sad place or grieving. You should never look back and be like, well, you should be happy or you should do this or you should do this because it doesn't show that you love them where they're at and for who they are. And the second part of that is then to, of course, lead by example, right? It's your, your, we'll go back to the spouse and the weight loss one. You're excited about it. You're like, I'm losing weight. I feel great. I want, I love my spouse. I want them to feel the same, but you need to love them where they're at. And they'll either come up with you eventually or they won't. And that's okay. Either way is okay. But it starts with loving them where they're at. And also realizing that if you lead by example without shooting on them, uh-huh. right, then they'll, they'll either come up or you'll find a new normal for your relationship. So if there's a friend or someone that's in a really bad space, it should never be, you should do this. It's loving them where they're at, being a support for them, but then also not letting them pull you back down and continuing to lead by example. Wow. Okay. That's, I had so many thoughts because I've seen this firsthand and I mean, it happens quite often and I feel like a lot of us just don't realize what we're doing until you put it out in perspective. And I'm like, wow, wait, I have done this before. (laughs) We've all done it. We've all done it. (laughs) Okay. But that's good to have that perspective and having you explaining it to us because it makes so much sense to me now. (laughs) Well, and even on the like, Hey, we should eat healthy or you should come work out with me. It's not from a place of that person's broken or wrong. Uh It's from a place of, I love you. Uh And I'm so happy. I want to pull you up with me, which is fantastic. But when you're in a space where it's like, I'm feeling sad or lonely, you're already kind of feel a little broken. Uh And then when someone's like, you should do this and you're like, well, maybe I have and it hasn't worked or yeah, I should, but I just don't have the energy to. And it's just wrapped in the shame. You don't want to do that to somebody. So just loving them where they're at and leading by example can, can make such a big difference. Interesting. No, that's great. And this goes hand in hand with my next question for you, because I wanted to talk about self care and I know you go into that as well. So 
Can you maybe go over with us, like, what are some areas or things that we can improve when it comes to self-care or just maybe some ideas? Totally. So there are um, what I've defined. uh, There's probably more. uh, (laughs) But I've defined uh, five areas of self-care. So, and I'm going to rattle them off and hope I don't forget one. (laughs) So there's (laughs) physical self-care, emotional self-care, intellectual self-care, social self-care, and spiritual self-care. And a lot of people will focus on self-care in the sense of like physical Uh and sometimes emotional, but that oftentimes will look like a breaking point. Right. So it's like, oh, I just had the most stressful week at work and now I'm going to save up my money and I'm going to have a spa day. I'm just going to do nothing and relax. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I think that if we can be as balanced as possible within the five areas of self-care, we don't ever reach that breaking point. Right. So it's this combination of understanding the five areas and where you may have an imbalance and starting to focus there, but also practicing self-care regularly so that you never hit that breaking point where it's like meltdown. I just need, I just need to go off the face of the earth for a minute, right? It's being able to manage, manage your self-care in a consistent basis so that you can be your best self as needed. Wow. Okay. No, that's awesome. That's really cool. I, I'm one of the, I mean, not anymore, maybe back in the day, I was one of those people that I would just kind of hold it all in up until I couldn't take it anymore. And I'd just kind of explode and like, I need a self-care day. I need me and I need to do something that makes me happy. So it's good to know that there's five things and we need to be focusing on them daily, right? We need to be working on it on a day-to-day basis and not just kind of pushing it aside like, like I've done. I'm sure I'm not the only one. You are absolutely not the only one. (laughs) Even, even me knowing about them, I push them to the side sometimes, but I think that's, that's the key of it. That sometimes this stuff is just five minutes a day, Uh right? So five minutes a day could be as funny as this may sound running up and down the stairs at your house and that can be physical self-care or taking a, a okay. Physical self-care that can take five minutes and girls, you might be with me on this one. Washing your hair. Oh, my gosh. Yes. <laughs> it's like you can feel so much better just oh, yeah. washing your hair sometimes. I know I do the dry shampoo thing, and then it's like, yes. oh, I just need to wash my hair. I feel so good now, yes. right? So five minutes of physical self-care can be something like that. That's an everyday kind of thing, but oh, yeah. it can be something like that. And then emotional self-care can be something as simple as bullet journaling for a few minutes. Oh, but that was emotional. Uh, so physical, emotional, spiritual can be something as simple as meditating, be praying, whatever your spiritual beliefs may be, right? It can be something that's more of that neutral territory. That can be five minutes a day. Social can be taking a few minutes for a phone call to a friend or sending a quick text or even like, hey, let's go to lunch this week and kind of planning for it. And what was the last one there? So intellectual. Intellectual can be as simple as listening to a podcast on your way to work that's getting you thinking and helping you grow and not stay stagnant. So that's a few five-minute, and sometimes they don't even take full five minutes, things that you can do almost every day that can help you have that full spectrum of self-care and kind of keep keep you sane, frankly. Yeah. 
for sure. No, that's wonderful. That's great. Great tips, and I'm going to have to do this every day from now on. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing, though. I do get a lot of people asking me this, and uh, just we'll come up in casual conversations. Um, do we – how does someone achieve actual happiness? Is that is there such thing as, like, a true happiness in – I mean, I'm trying to say, does that make sense? Like, oh, totally. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I actually, I love this kind of question. Okay. <laughs> because I think that there is that, that stigma that yeah. we should be inherently happy and that even if we do have to work for it, there's an ultimate end goal. Mm-hmm. And the truth be told, like I talk about happiness every day. I still get mad. I still get sad. I still feel negative emotions. Mm-hmm. That is 100% part of being a human being. Yes. The path, in my opinion, the path to happiness is understanding that negative emotions are going to happen. And instead of pushing them down in a way and pretending and buying into this thought that like, well, I should be happy. So I don't want to, I don't want to address those negative emotions. I don't want to deal with those. I'm not supposed to be having those. So we're just going to tuck them down, down deep and hope they go away and I'll be happy regardless. But the truth of it is, is that the way to be a happier human, I'm not going to say the way to be ultimately happy, but the way to be a happier human is to understand that negative emotions are going to happen. And they happen like 50% of the time. (laughs) And understanding that they're not bad. They're not, they're just there. And if you can identify them and find a way to work through them, then you can get back to that happier side of the 50% spectrum even faster. And if I can kind of go a little bit more detail on that. Yes, please do. So there's this concept that is, um, it's a model by Brooke Castillo and it's, she, she just calls it the model or the framework, but it goes circumstance, thoughts, emotions, actions, results, right? So whatever is going on, whatever the circumstance is, it's actually neutral. Interesting. Right? Okay. You get rear-ended on the road, you get rear-ended on the road. Mm -hmm. It's a neutral situation. It just is something that happened. Your thoughts around that situation or what shape your emotions. So I get rear-ended on the road the other day. This actually happened. Oh, no. <laughs> so I get rear-ended a, at a light the other day. And I had been having a pretty stressful day at work. Oh. And I get rear-ended and I was like, okay, don't go into victim and angry Taylor mentality. Because that's my template. That's oh. where that's where I feel comfortable. <laughs> and so I was like, don't, you know, like, okay. You just got rear-ended. That's neutral. I'm controlling my thoughts about it. Like, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure the car's fine because it wasn't that big of a deal. I'm pulling over. This person could be having a worse day than I am. Like, let's just go into it. It's going to be fine. So then my emotions were, like, neutral. Like, great. Like, I'm not happy about it, but I'm just, I'm not super upset and livid. It's just kind of like this has happened. And so then my actions were to get out of the car very logically check my back bumper, see that nothing was wrong. Ask the woman if she was okay, check her car, nothing was wrong. And I was like, yeah, you know, nothing's wrong. I don't need to 
call anybody or have anything happen. Like, I think we're all okay. She's okay. I'm okay. The cars are okay. Results? I get to go on with my day, and I'm not overly upset that I got rear-ended. Right? And that's, that's a situation where not knowing this model, I'd have been like, seriously? This is just one more thing on my list today and I get rear ended and now I'm going to have to handle this. I'm going to have to deal with insurance. I'm going to have to deal with all this stuff all because this person, and I don't know if this is true or not, but this is how my brain would have thought about it Uh all because that person was on their phone and driving. Right. And how dare they and poor picked on me and all this stuff. And that results in in those thoughts result in my emotions of being angry and upset, which result in my action of, being angry and upset to that person and probably making the situation a lot worse and all of these other pieces that the result is, is I leave angry and upset because I got rear-ended when it was in fact a neutral situation. Right. So understanding that model, especially when it comes to like, we think we should be ultimately happy. Truth is, is your thoughts are what can shape those emotions. But there are times where, and I call these blanket emotions. Again, I've said this a couple of times now. Anger is my template. <laughs> and so I have found that anger is kind of my blanket emotion. And if I can peel back, if I can change my thoughts just long enough to be a little bit logical and pull back that blanket of anger, I can often find that it's not that I'm angry. It's that I'm scared or that I'm hurt or whatever that like more negative but vulnerable emotion is Mm -hmm. and I get angry as a way to protect myself and so I fly into anger when I'm really actually hurt and scared and so when I can ask why I'm feeling these emotions that immediately like if we work backwards that immediately can help me change my thoughts to understanding okay I'm not really angry I'm actually scared what am I scared of I'm scared of losing also a real situation. I was scared of losing a really good friend of mine. And I like flew into this anger rage for about an hour, which is a very accelerated timeline from old Taylor, which would have been like a year. (laughs) I tell you, I was not in a good spot, but so for about an hour, I was just so angry. And then, and it was so extreme. And after about an hour, I was like, whoa, we're, we're falling back into old patterns here. Like we know what to do. We know the process. So then I was like, why am I so angry? Pull back that blanket of the blanket of anger. And I find that I'm really like, I'm scared to death that I'm going to lose this person in my life. Mm -hmm. And then the next step there was how can I solve for that? Well, I can either be angry and probably really lose them or I can tell them, So I sent a message and I was like, hey, I'm really sorry that I was so mad for the last hour. (laughs) I, I am actually really scared. I'm scared I'm going to lose you. And I'm scared that I, I won't know, I don't know who I am without you in my life. And I need to figure that out, obviously. But like, I, I was just really, really scared. And I'm so sorry that I was angry. And they were like, I get it. You will never lose me. Like, I love you. You've been in our lives. Like, no matter what somebody says or does, like, it's not going to change our relationship. And then suddenly it was like, okay, great. Things, things are fine. But if I had looked at it and been like, okay, the situation that had happened was neutral. 
my thoughts around it, like, okay, I'm instantly angry instead of acting on it. Why am I angry? Oh, I'm actually sad and scared. Feeling, feeling kind of sad and scared and being vulnerable in that enough to take the action of reaching out to that person and saying, this is what I'm feeling and not asking for validation. Like it's not their job to validate you, but just saying like, this is how I'm feeling and putting it out there then resulted in actually understanding that the situation was just something I was really upset about for no reason, just because I was scared for no reason. Right. So the model works for everything. Whatever the situation in your life is, that's neutral. It's your thoughts surrounding it that lead to everything else. So you're going to have negative emotions. If you work backwards in the model, you'll have, you can look at your thoughts and see the things that you're thinking and understand why you may be feeling that way. Mm-hmm. Change your thoughts, shift your emotions, shift your actions, then you get the results. So wow. long, long response to your question, but wow. the, like, there is no, like, ultimate like suddenly I'm happy and everything is unicorns and rainbows and roses in the world. It's you're human. You're going to have negative emotions, but hopefully by now understanding that model, you can start to explore what that means in your own life and start to see how those negative emotions can be shifted and worked through to lead yourself to the happier side of the pendulum more frequently. I have like my mind is blown because I have so many thoughts. I I mean it's all about you being vulnerable, which is a big one. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of us maybe are a little bit afraid of doing that, and uh, about thinking, stopping, and actually thinking before you act. Which I feel like a lot of us are also afraid of doing that. So absolutely, <laughs> it's and it's hard because it happens so instantaneously, mm-hmm. right? Situation happens, snap, yeah. snap, and then like there's the emotion. So, and when, and again, I say it's my template, when you have identified an emotion as your initial template, uh-huh. the thoughts are almost impossible to perceive. It goes situation anger. Interesting. That's true. No, that's true. Yeah. yeah. But it's, there are thoughts happening there. They're just in very rapid succession. So going back to like the example where I was angry for an hour, that happened <laughs> very rapid succession. I didn't know why I was mad. Like, I mean, I knew why, like the situation, Uh but I didn't identify and like work through my thoughts until an hour later when I finally was sane enough to be like, wait, what? Oh, I know how to do this. What am I doing? Right. So it happens to the, like, and I'm not the best of us, but it happens to all of us. (laughs) And yeah, I mean, it's the thoughts can be almost imperceptible. Right. But as you now understand the model, you can start to, perceive those thoughts and then step by step make those small minor adjustments and tweaks that's wonderful it's opened up my mind a little bit more too because i'm like thinking of situations that i could have handled a little bit better than now (laughs) for the future i'm going to make sure to think of taylor and say what would taylor do (laughs) (laughs) what would she do in this situation (laughs) i would say i'm gonna i'm gonna shift you away from that just slightly Uh uh-huh what would the best version of yourself do in that situation? Okay. I like that better. Yeah. Right. Cause it's not, you don't want to be me. Uh You want to be the best version of you. True. And so what does that look like? What does that person do? There's um, a a client that I was mentoring and he was speaking about how he was like the night before he's like, I'm kind of angry today because I, and his goal was to be happier, right? It doesn't have to be anything like, 
lofty. (laughs) Being happy is a loft. Like it's lofty. It feels big, but it actually is actionable and tangible and, and fairly simple once you have the tools. But his goal when he came to work with me was to be happier. Mm -hmm. And so he's like, yeah, last night I got in a fight with my wife and I was just so angry, et cetera, et cetera. And he's like, and she just kept on like pushing my buttons. And I was like, well, we can't control her, but we had crafted a, what I call declarations. We had crafted a declaration for him and that declaration identified who he wanted to be. And it's something to remind him. I have one. All of my clients have one. Something to remind us of who we want to be in the direction we want to go in our life. Okay. And so I was like, here, tell me what happened. And he's like, okay. So he starts telling me and I let him get in about 30 seconds and he's starting to get the emotions back up again. Cause he's telling me the <laughs> yeah. story. I said, say your declaration. So he says his declaration. I'm like, okay, keep going. So he tells me a little bit more. He starts to get the emotions back up. I'm like, say your declaration. <laughs> and he I says it. That. And he, I'm like, okay, keep going. And he says it, you know, starts to get up a little bit more, like get that anger back again. And I'm like, say your declaration. So he says it. Yeah. And he's like, I don't want to tell the rest of the story because <laughs> I feel like it's like, it's not who I want to be to be the person telling this story. Wow. And it's like, okay, so now tell me, the situation where you felt like maybe she was pushing your buttons. What happens if you say your declaration when she's pushing your buttons? Right? So let's say I have an amazing husband. So I'm trying to think of what, <laughs> what he does that irritates me. Okay. So he doesn't put the, my husband doesn't put the toothpaste away. Oh, he leaves okay. it out on the counter and he has a separate side of the bath of the like vanity and so I, it annoys me because that's not where it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be in the middle drawer. So we both have access to it. Gotcha. Right? <laughs> so it's something that annoys me. And I know he's not necessarily doing it on purpose. He's just not thinking about it. It's not a priority for him. And frankly, it shouldn't be for me. It's just toothpaste, but it's one <laughs> of those small things. And sure. so when I am in the morning and I go to open the drawer and it's not there, And I look over and it's on his side and I'm like, "Mm." and then I say my declaration to myself and I'll say it here. So mine is, I am an intuitive mentor, vibrant, abundant, and filled with light. Right. So when I feel that like ting of, oh, he's doing this on purpose just to make (laughs) me mad, um, which he's not. But that small, like, push my button, when I can say my declaration, it's a reminder of who I want to be. If I want to be somebody who's vibrant and abundant and filled with light, I'm not the kind of person who gets irritated about toothpaste. Gotcha. Right? And it can really quickly pull me back into who I want to be. And so in the example of my mentoring client, I was like, next time something like that happens, I want you to say your declaration in your head and respond to your spouse in the way of who you would want to be, mm. right? How, like, how would you handle a situation if you were who you wanted to be, not where you're at now? Mm. Which, interestingly enough, if we go back to the model, that's changing the thoughts, which Gosh. changes the emotions, the, re- the actions, and the results. Amazing. <laughs> that's awesome. This is amazing, and I feel like you're giving us all of these awesome secrets. <laughs> They're not <laughs> secrets, but coaching. I think it's amazing. So I do want to dive into some of your courses that you have a lot of fun courses that you have on your website. So can you tell us a little bit about 
Um, for example, if someone was to buy your vision board, what exactly are they getting with that? Yeah, absolutely. So um, if I can kind of take a half step back. Yeah, yeah. So I teach classes monthly. Okay. So depending on the course, there's a pretty frequent new recording of it in an in-class session. So that's one thing to keep in the back of your mind as I answer your questions. So for the vision board class, if you're coming to a live in-person class, then you come to the class, you get the video recording, and it also comes with a 20-page resource guide. So anything I didn't cover in the class or like small, minute details that you wanted to get back to, you could, you're like, yes, this class was awesome. You walk away with all sorts of actionable tips and cause that's my style. Yes. And then you can go home and be like a couple of days later, or maybe it's a month or so later. You're like, I really remember she said something about this and I can't decipher my notes in my 20 page guide. And it was something like, or somebody asked something, then you can go back and check the recording at any point in time. So that's what you get at like a, this is what the course includes level. What the vision board course class talks about and trains on, of course, is vision boards. So we walk through um, the reticular activating system. So the science behind why vision boards work, which that's, okay. that's my biggest thing. Like I, before I learned about the, I'm going to say proper way, air quotes around proper, <laughs> it's different for everybody. But before I learned the proper way of vision boards, I was like, really, you're asking me to put something on the wall and just wish for it. Like, uh, that's not my style. Like, I'm a worker. I like to work, and I like to feel progress. And so just putting something up on the wall and wishing for it feels way too hippy-dippy and feels like, no, that's whatever, right? So I was, in a, I was in a conference, a class training conference, and the person was like, now let's talk about vision boards. And I literally, like, sank down in my oh, seat, no. like... Oh, yeah, here we go. We're going to hear about wishing on the wall and how that supposedly works. And I was, that was early, still angry, like <laughs> not as open-minded as I hope I am now. But I was just like, yeah, whatever, dude, keep on talking. And luckily I paid somewhat attention, even though I was already like, I rolled, I'm done. Uh -huh. And this person started talking about kind of the science behind why and how they work and then provided steps and daily routines and actionable items to help your vision board be successful. And I was like, ears perk up, you know, sit up straight in my seat. Like, Oh, we're talking actual things to do, not just wishing and inspiring. Right. Okay. And so I started taking extensive notes and learned a ton and did it in my own life. And holy cow, it, it worked. Wow. I think my most, my favorite vision board takeoff is, uh, I actually had written what my, so coaching is my dream job. Okay. You know, mentoring is my dream job, but I'm still progressing in that space. And okay. so I also have a day job, which I also love. Right. Ooh, awesome. So I'm like, I'm not, it's not one of those, like, I want to get out of my nine to five because I don't like it. I'm going to be a coach. It's like, I love helping people and I love coaching. And I also love my job, which is I'm a marketing director. And I think you read that in my bio. Uh -huh. And I love 
all that kind of stuff too, the strategy and, and helping my team and helping connect people with the right stuff. And so it, all of it's about helping people. But anyways, so I actually wrote down on a card what like the top 11 things of my dream job, like my dream corporate job okay. would be. And I was like, I'm just going to put this on my vision board. I'm going to do the work, the steps. And it took a minute. Like there's a gestation period. There's work to be done, right? It's again, not just putting it up and be like, ding, ding, here it is. I put it on my wall. It's there's work to be done. But after about three months, I get a phone call and it's from a recruiter and they're like, Hey, I saw your, your, I saw you on LinkedIn. Uh, Can you tell me about your work history? So I go into my work history and they're like, well, I was calling about this job, but you don't really seem like your work history is a good fit for it. And I was like, no, I'm not. I was only in that kind of realm of marketing for a year. Not my favorite. I'm really behind the times. Not something I'm interested in going into, like going into as far as like career. Uh-huh. And she's like, yeah, fair enough. Why don't you like, would you mind kind of telling me what your dream job is? I walk over to my wall and there's my card with my dream job attributes. Uh And I tell her, not just reading off the list in a much more like (laughs) elaborate way, but I tell her these 11 things. Well, I tell her 10 of the things. One of them was the pay. (laughs) And I was like, I won't touch that yet. But so I tell her, this is my dream job. And she goes, interesting. We just posted that. And I think you'd be an amazing fit. Wow. I'm like, okay. So I get an appointment with the hiring manager. I'm on the phone with him for an hour. Neutral. Like, I don't know how I did. That's fine. They call me in. They have me do a three-hour in-person interview with nine people. Whoa. Okay. One of them is the CMO of the company, which is like you don't get interviewed by CMOs of large companies. And so I'm like, oh, you know, this is going to be like nervous and all these things. But say my declaration. And I know who I am. And who I want to be. And if I get it, great. If I don't, it's not the right time for me, et cetera. So I finish the interview. I go home. Four hours later, they give me a phone call and they offer me the job at above the pay range that I had put on the card. Oh my gosh. That's so, amazing. like, it could be coincidence. Yes, there's hard work involved with all this. I have years of experience in the field, all this stuff, but like, I put it up on my vision board and I uh-huh. did the extra additional steps that I needed to do and it came to me. Wow. Oh and so gosh. I love teaching vision boards because yes. I like teaching those actionable steps and I like being like, yeah, this can happen. And it's not like I'm nothing special. Like, I'm just going to say that right now. Um, like mm-hmm. I'm a normal everyday person. And so it's not like vision boards or some magic power that I happen to have. Like they are a step-by-step process that if you put in the work, things will start to happen. And so I love being able to teach what that process is in detail. And I love being able to provide like a 20 page resource guide of like here, if I didn't get through it in the one hour class, like it's in this book for you to take home and read and do the steps. Like And then here's the video, right? So that you can watch it again or you can watch more videos of other previous classes and maybe I explained it differently or I answered someone's question that you had that you maybe didn't have a chance to ask. 
whatever it is. Right. And so, yeah, vision boards, I'm, I'm all about them. And I love, I love sharing those actionable steps and tips and the science behind it, because that's, that's what I'm into. I'm not into the woo woo, put it on my wall and wish, <laughs> although that can be a part of it, but yeah. there's so many levels and depth to it. Wow. And yeah, I love training on them. I can see that. That's awesome. <laughs> I need to take your course because I'm the woo-woo person that just puts pretty pictures up on my vision board. So. Well, and that's not to say that they won't happen. Uh-huh. Like before I did like full-on structural organized vision boards, Okay. I like I put down that I wanted oh, – I'm trying to think of which one. There was a, there's a lot that I like put down on my – I just put down on a piece of paper like two years ago. Okay. And – So, yeah, one of them was I wanted a bigger house. It's just my husband and our two dogs. At the time, it was just one dog. We've grown. (laughs) But um, at the time, it was just my husband and my my one dog. And I'd put on this piece of paper, like, seriously, it's an ugly white sticky note. And I put, I want a large house on, like, a half acre of land. It got tucked away. I think it like fell back behind my treadmill, like whatever, like several years ago. And we just recently in November finished building a larger house. Oh, I should add more detail. The note said a larger house, lots of windows on almost a half acre. Lots of windows is important. So we're packing up our house Uh to move. And I find this piece of paper. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. <laughs> we are building our house. Every room but a, a guest bathroom and a closet has windows. Wow. Every room, including closets in the in other rooms. Like, there is windows everywhere. So cool. And so we're moving into this larger house. Windows everywhere. And we're on just barely shy of half an acre. Oh, my goodness. And I'm like, I wrote that down like two, two and a half years ago. And now I find this piece of paper as we're moving into this house. So I think there's a lot to be said about, and this this may be the like hippy-dippy-woo-woo part of me, but there's a lot to be said about just writing out what you want. For sure. Because I think that that can start to, like, it starts to kind of make it comprehensible right it's like being able to say i'm not so scared of this dream that i'm just going to put it on a piece of paper and even if it gets lost behind the treadmill for two years (laughs) right you put it out there and it can start to happen and though it can happen slowly like Uh two and a half years right but through the vision board process you can catalyst that and you can have more actionable steps to help you achieve that goal yeah but that said like even if you're just putting it up on the wall and wishing, that is better than nothing. That's amazing. No, that's true. I, I mean, I do that. I, I journal too, so I write a lot of, I make lots of lists of things. Mm-hmm. So that is definitely one of my things that I do enjoy. But I, I need to take your class because I think that is, like you said, you, l- you go over the scientific facts and not just, you know, pretty boards. So I think that. It just, my brain is like, I have so many things, so many thoughts going through my brain right now, you guys. (laughs) So we're just going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to play a fun game with Taylor. So we'll be right back. Okay. So we are back and I'm going to test Taylor right now on Utah. Are you ready? 
as ready as I'll ever be. <laughs> yes, okay. I do live in Utah. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> you would be surprised. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to start with an easy one, and hopefully you know this one. Um, what is Utah's nickname? Beehive State. Yes. Okay, that's right. She got one right. Okay, next question is, what is Utah's fruit? Oh, gosh. I can tell you that the flower is the, the sago lily, yes. and the bird is the seagull, and the, the food is green jello. Oh. I don't know <laughs> if I could tell you the fruit. My guess is it's either raspberries or peaches. Raspberries because it's around Bear Lake and they have raspberry days, mm -hmm. and peaches because Brigham City has peach days, but I honestly have no clue. Okay, but you have all the other <laughs> answers, which is great. <laughs> um, I think our dinosaur is the raptor as well. Yes, okay, so she pretty much knows all of the other questions, and our fruit is actually the cherry, so oh. kind of random, right? But <laughs> I didn't. We don't even have cherry festivals. That's weird. Okay. No, that's what I thought, too. I guess we have lots of orchards everywhere, and they thought that that would be it, but I don't know. It's interesting to me, too. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I kind of want to, like, make a joke about that was back in the day. Now our uh, our state anything is uh, MLMs or... <laughs> oh, my gosh, right? <laughs> Essential oils. Everything MLM. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, so our next one... I feel like you already gave me so many good right answers. Sorry, did I tricky. take all your okay, questions? No, you're good. <laughs> oh, okay, I have one. So you talked about the bird, but do you know what our state animal is? No, I don't. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I don't. I Oh, I don't know if this is right, but in fact, I'm pretty sure it's not. <laughs> But if I had to guess, I would say it's the antelope because we have Antelope Island with all the herds of antelope oh, or the buffalo because okay. I know we have buffalo out there, too. Okay, that's it. Or good guess. Animal, not like insect or anything, right? No, no, no. Okay, yeah. Animal. I have no clue. Okay, that's a pretty good guess, though. I haven't had anyone guess that before. That's good. It's actually the Rocky Mountain elk. Okay. I was thinking like deer and mm -hmm. then I was like, no, I think like an antelope or something would be a little bit more in line. So at least it was a cloved four, four hooved animal. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. So since you already gave me all of the other answers, which is totally cool. I feel you guys take notes because this is really good. But this last question is more of a preference thing. I just kind of want to see your take on it. Um, how do you feel about fry sauce? I love it. Yes. But I have very particular tastes on it. Okay, that's what I was going to ask you next. So do you have, is there a specific place that you get, like, the best fry sauce from? Or do you make your own? Or uh, I'm not, I, I'm particular on it, but I'm not picky about it. Gotcha. Right? So okay. if it's fry sauce, I will, I will use it. Okay. I will eat it. I love it. But I, I have a tendency, I don't necessarily like the fry sauces that have barbecue sauce mixed in. Mm. Right? Okay. Yeah, that's Again, not real. <laughs> yeah, it, it's fine. I'll still eat it, but it's not like, oh, yeah, this is fry sauce. It's just kind of like, okay, they did something to it. Uh -huh. uh, I like the ones that have a little bit of like the the pickle relish or like the oh, pickle juice in it. Interesting. Okay. Again, like great, but I think my favorite is just being able to uh, to make it, and I I do more mayonnaise than ketchup. Oh. But it's more of a lighter color. Yeah. Oh, you know who has who has good 
and this is a Utah original. You know who? Twofer, actually. The two places that have great fry sauce are Iceberg. Ooh, okay. Good and Hires Big H. Oh, okay. I Both Utah originals. So, and that's a good thing, too, because I was asking my other guests, and they're like, Sonic. And I'm like, that's not really... I think that's a Utah original. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. It, it's, I I feel like places ship it in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Like they right. don't have it other in other chain yeah. stores around the nation, but they have that in Utah. <laughs> Interesting. Okay, but I'll have to make sure to go to Hires Big Age. Yeah, they're, they're pretty solid. Out. Pretty solid. Yes. I have I have a question for you. Oh, yeah. Only because I, I am a Utah native. So there's an elementary school song that names the five tri- Indian tribes of Utah. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> I don't know this. <laughs> I only know it because I because of the song. Can you tell us? <laughs> I can tell you, or I can sing it. Can okay. you sing it to us because I'm down with that. <laughs> so it's uh, Utah, go shoot Shoshone, Navajo, Indian tribes of Utah that lived here long ago. That's all I know. <gasps> okay. That and the dare song. Yes. Okay. (laughs) How do I not remember this? But I have heard this song before. That's awesome. You have a great voice. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, no. I was literally just singing Indian names, but thank you so much. (laughs) I mean, you know, you got to do it. (laughs) So that could be a question for your next guest. Oh, that's a really good question. I'm going to have to write this down. Don't listen to this, my next guest. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So... Oh, I guess those are all the questions that I had for you, but this has been so much fun, Taylor. It's been awesome having you on the show, and I want all of our listeners to go follow you, go, you know, go to your websites and go to your events. So if you don't mind, can you share your social media with us, any events or anything that you have coming up? Absolutely. So you can always find me at happinessabound.com, and it's happinessabound, not abounds, right? So singular, not plural. Uh, so yeah, happinessabound.com and, and, or there's links to my social on that site as well, but, and, or on Facebook, it's happiness abound blog and on Instagram, it's happiness underscore abound. And I have a YouTube. If you search for happiness abound, it should come up. No problem. And IGTV, which is associated with Instagram. Those are my kind of my big four podcasts since it's weekday daily those are always posted there as well as the main podcast listening platforms so spotify apple podcasts google podcasts stitcher podbean the works so yeah you can find find me in any of those locations i am most active respond most quickly to anything that comes through the happiness abound contact form or uh, instagram dms or facebook dms and upcoming classes. I'm actually really excited about this. So I, as you mentioned, I have my vision board class. I have a couple of other courses slash classes up on my site. So again, happinessabound.com, click on courses and you can see that full library. Yeah. Happinessabound.com and the navigation is courses and the class is called declarations for happiness. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much, Taylor, for stopping by the studio. I I've learned so much today, and I hope that you guys have too. And uh, go find Taylor online. Go stalk her. Go ask her questions. Attend her classes. And, you know, go support her because she's doing a wonderful thing. So thank you. Thank you. Really appreciate it. (laughs) Bye, guys.